0: Despite having two tough road losses, Auburn basketball is still very much in the hunt for the SEC. On this episode of the Auburn Daily Show, we're going to talk about just what they need to do to take the next steps to get to the next level to win the SEC. We are here live on the Auburn Daily Show with us as always, guest. It's been a little bit, but he is back. Andrew Sfani, writer for AuburnDaily.com, and his media show host, Alex, better known on the socials is at Auburn Memes. We're going to talk about all of that, plus... We had some breaking news late last night. DJ Jerkin has moved and is officially now the Auburn defensive coordinator. He spent some time recently with Texas A&M. Andrew also does a little bit of team coverage for A&M. So he's going to get us a very unique perspective on uh, just some uh, how things were looking from the A&M perspective of Durkin. Going to be a great packed episode of the Auburn Daily Show. Before we get to all that, we do want to shout out one of today's show sponsors. That is the Plains... Coffee company. It's a Tuesday. It feels like a Monday. It's Tuesday when we're recording. They'll go live Wednesday. And maybe this Wednesday will feel like a Monday. You know what you need to kind of get over the Mondays, no matter what day of the weeks, the Mondays come up is a good, high-quality cup of coffee. And that's exactly what you get with planescoffee.com. They ship everywhere, all in the US. Free shipping. But on top of that, this is amazing. The next better thing, like than free, is saving money. You see right down here that coupon code Auburn for 10% off. And these are not your like beans that have been sitting in a warehouse. These are going to be your freshest beans. They're going to be ground the day before they ship. So you're going to get these things, not what you're getting at the store. You're getting these things fresh, all sorts of different flavors. I was personally eyeballing the Cinnabon. I was looking at the website. I want the Cinnabon flavor. I'm getting me some Cinnabon coffee. I normally drink my coffee blacks. So like I normally don't do flavored coffee, but like that one just really, really grabbed the attention. If you don't like coffee, it's not your thing. You know what? They got teas as well, shipped everywhere. They can have it very, very quickly. And you know what? They're sponsoring the show. Helps the show out, helps support small local businesses. Give them a chance if you are a coffee or a tea lover. Or if you're not a coffee lover and you're like, you know what? Maybe I just haven't had the best coffee. Well, this might change your mind on it. So thank them as always for the show. Check them out. All right, Andrew, let's get right into this thing. Tell us about Durkin's time at Texas AM from the Aggie perspective of you covering the team and also kind of what did fans think of his time there as well?
1: Yeah, you know, DJ Durkin, it it was really an interesting time. You know, A&M fans, I don't think fans love him, but I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I think a lot of that had to do with just frustration with Jimbo Fisher, um, more so than really DJ Durkin. I do think DJ Durkin's a good coach. I mean, you got to look at last year. AM leads the SEC in sacks. Their run defense was incredible. It was one of the best run de- run defenses in all college football. They were holding opponents to like three and a half yards of carry um, right at like 100 yards a game. And then and that was top 15 in college football. And then sacks-wise, you're number one in the SEC, number seven in all college football with 42 sacks compared to Auburn's 31 last year. He's a guy who can get some pressure. And I think that there was one game that I was upset with DJ Durkin last year. And then there were 11 games where I was like, okay, I'm happy with this. That one game was the Miami game. And what I like about him, and we're going to take this as a negative, but spin it to a positive for Auburn. It's, I don't think he had the best game plan for Miami. He was, wasn't was rushing a ton of guys and a secondary was getting a bit exposed. Now, to be fair... They hadn't played a power five team yet. I don't think that they, they knew their secondary was bad at this point. They found out that game. But what does he do after that game? AM loses. He goes back to the drawing board and says, Okay, the secondary can't guard a water bucket. We are going to have to send and get some pressure. That is our only chance here. Because if a quarterback has time to sit in the pocket, someone's gonna be open downfield.
0: So unless unless it's Auburn.
1: Yes. Yes. And if they're and the,
0: open, the quarterback's not going to connect. So that exactly that, that
1: good, was the team where it wasn't much of a concern. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn, yep. unfortunately, <laughs> with with, with Thorn doing Thorn like things, but
0: yeah, I still just I think I think Jay Fair still just running wide open right
1: yeah. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I um I just think I think he's a good football coach. I think I loved that you know, hey, I don't think he had the best plan against Miami. As I just said, what did he do? He fixed it, he, he fixed it, and then going forward. What did Texas A&M do? They went on to lead the SEC in sacks and get pressure. He found a way with a poor secondary, and it was a very bad secondary, which you could look at that as negative and say, well, why do you have bad second? You know what I mean? You could do that too. But he found a way to have a somewhat pretty successful defense knowing the secondary was awful based on getting pressure on the quarterback. So he's a he's a well-respected, a well-renowned defensive mind in college football. I think he's going to be a great defensive coordinator at Auburn. Um, so I'm happy about it, Alex, in all honesty, I'm happy with the hire.
0: Do you think this is an upgrade from almost said, almost said Kevin Steele. Do you think this is an upgrade from Ron Roberts?
1: I, yeah, this is one of those where I'll give you this. It's either an upgrade or at worst case scenario, the same thing. It is not, you are not going
0: backwards. backwards.
1: I I think it was an upgrade. Um, by how much? Like I, said, I, I don't want. I want folks listen. I'm excited about the hire, but I there were a few things Durkin did that you know frustrated some fans. And like I said, there were some game plans were a little questionable. But sometimes, just like a player, a change of scenery, a change of staff. I mean, a change of personnel. I, I think that Durkin's going to be fine. I do. I think he's going to do a good job, and I do think it's an upgrade over Ron Roberts. But I don't think it's like leaps and bounds over ron roberts i think it's you know he's, he's better than ron the, roberts
0: and the defense was good last year so and what yeah. you're saying and i 100 100 agree the defense is not going to get worse at least yeah. but now from a personnel standpoint there may be some situations where it kind of goes but you're not going to see this massive fall off like we're back in the ls yeah. days of just like oh my goodness what's going on there uh i do want to have another question about this and, uh-huh. and to be expected and the when the rumor mill started people started going around there's Obviously, due to the tragedy and the situation that happened at Maryland, there was some controversy around the hire, and just it's just the nature of how that happens. And Charlie Five, if you, on the Tuesday episode, if you haven't listened, go check this out. He does a longer breakdown of this, so I don't to spend too, too much time on it today, but I want to get your perspective from an A&M side, because that is very relevant to the situation here. But was there a lot of current, or in the past, was there a lot of chattering about fans being upset about the controversy when he was hired at AM or is that more just I hate to kind of word it this way an Auburn thing?
1: Um I, to be brutally honest with you, I, I never had any, any comments on, on my show logs on Aggies about it. People didn't really discuss it. So um I, I don't think that made its way and I you know to be fair I haven't seen many Auburn folks talking about it. Um you know, I, now I know they have, but I, I'm saying I haven't like I haven't seen that going around a ton. But I would say from the A&M side, I don't think it was a huge conversation when, at, at, you know, at, at A&M as it has been kind of at Auburn. I, I would say that not really. Maybe it is just an Auburn thing, but I don't know. I would say no to that, to that.
0: Yeah. And, and the reason I bring that up there is like so I'm, we're going to talk about all of it and the 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 details because it's been talked about at nauseam and that's just not, not what we're doing today. Long story short, but he spent some time at Ole Miss. He obviously spent some time at AM and I never heard hardly anything about it then after when it was much more fresh. And then he goes and he's the, basically the front runner for the Alabama DC position before yeah or retires. You really don't hear anything about it there. But the second it comes to Auburn, it's just, it's it's like this all happened last fall or last summer, I should say. It, wow. I don't know why that always seems to be the case. And like I said, we're not going to get the details. Charlie five breaks a lot of that down, but I yeah. would just encourage people. I will just say this. I would just encourage people to don't fall for a lot of misinformation. If you do care to research it, there's a lot of information out there on what actually did happen. And at the end of the day, a young man lost his life. It is a tragedy. It is so, so sad and unfortunate, even to this day. Awful deal. I mean, that's just one of those things that never goes away. How involved he necessarily was with that is definitely, uh, I would just say, everybody kind of do your research there. Now, as the head coach, things do fall on it, but.
1: Yeah, I would add this. To me, it was one of those things that Texas A&M, like, I just don't think I don't think people wanted to talk about, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it was maybe some folks thought about it, but just didn't really want to bring it up. I I don't, maybe that's it, but I just, you you didn't really hear it. I I never heard it discussed much. Maybe it was other places A&M wise, but it was not something I, you know, I ever broke down or I ever really talked about, um, or I even ever saw in the comments or anything like that. But um, I have seen like, you know, it's funny. I just looked it up to see like, has have all been talking about it and, and it's, it's, it's floating around.
0: It, it, it was. And I'm, I'm just, I, I guess I'm, I'm using the word upset here. It just thinks that you're seeing a lot of people, especially Auburn people that are spreading a lot of misinformation, seeing things that are just very inaccurate, tacky to put jabs. And at the end of the day, you're not jabbing the coach. You're jabbing the young man who did end up losing his life, yeah. his family, things like that. So I would to encourage people just, don't talk about it. Don't be posting about it. Things like that. Do your research independently. I'm not saying you can't have or not have an opinion about things, mm-hmm. but like I said, the word that I want us to avoid here is just misinformation. I have very unfortunately seen a lot of that going around. And it, it, this, un- this does share a lot of similarities to the Brian Kelly situation. And yeah. he's coaching at LSU. You don't see people going on to that. And there's a lot there. And we're not going to talk about that one either. But it's just one of those deals where just handle – the rhetoric of this delicately because it was, like I said, at the end of the day, Remember what people lives, are right. talking about is at the end of the day, there's a young man who lost his life and yeah. his family is still out there. And I guarantee to this day, they're still mourning. And I yes. have respect for the whole situation. Just, you know, don't spread misinformation. So let's move on. Unless you have anything else about Dirk. And do you have anything you want to add about Dirk and time at AM and m or do we, we kind of grab that all out there?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, w- once again, I don't want to sound not happy about it, and I don't want to sound overly happy about it. I want I want y'all to perfectly understand where my head's at. Is I think it's a good hire, you know, covering him and his defense very very closely at Texas A&M. There was a lot I was happy with, and, and some I wasn't happy with. But all in all, I think he did a good job, and and that's what Auburn's getting. So, um,
0: better better. Yeah. Do you think better or worse than uh, Kiffin, Chris Kiffin? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I threw curveball at you. Don't worry.
1: I, I, I don't like being the negative guy. I don't want to be the negative guy, but I think I'd have been a little more excited about Chris Kiffin, to be honest with you.
0: But I, I don't if
1: you disagree with me there, you're walk, you know, that's okay.
0: Um I, I think both I, I think both hires have pros and cons that we would yeah. just never know until we saw it. So in the Auburn multiverse where we do hire Kiffen, yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to see how things playing out. I think there's things that Durkin could definitely be better at than Kiffin and vice versa. But I think the big thing that was kind of a worrisome deal with Kiffen is how long he might stick around. Exactly. With Durkin, you're, I <clears throat> I would bet that if all things were equal, you would probably have Durkin around a little bit longer than you would Kevin. Yeah. So, and that may have been the determining factor, and we'll see how that stuff kind of breaks over time. But at the end of the day, this is where it is. I think, honestly, from just a pure defensive coordinator standpoint, like I said, I think they both have their pros and cons. I think Auburn would have been in great shape with either of them and to find that this is the, the fact that this is the uh, the two that you landed with. Is it bad? And just remember, this is a guy that was interviewed with Saban, who Saban wanted. Yeah. You think Saban's the GOAT, and you trust that he's the GOAT, and he, word to the wise, he was. It's probably pretty good that you're going after coaches and getting players that he wanted. So that could be a good sign. Obviously, there's some things uh, related to coaching that could be good or bad, and. We'll just see how it, how it ends up going. But at the end of the day, it's Hugh Freeze's decision. He is going to lie on his sword, or he's pulling it from the anvil and charging ahead and going to be king of the SEC. Yeah. We will see. But at the end of the day, is, we can't get in his way. Got to let him do what he wants to do, build his staff, New things his way in this out. It's going to be. And like I said, I think there is a lot that can be uh, – it has a very high upside. But as you said, and I agree 100%, I think it would be a good way to kind of wrap it up is – the floor of this hire, I do not think is going to be any worse than what you had Roberts. And from an on the field standpoint, it was very, it was good enough to win eight or nine games. With Roberts, we'll just say that yeah. that was not the reason that Auburn struggled last year defensively. Yeah, yeah. minus uh, you know one play, but anyway, we don't have to talk about all that now. now. Let's let's make ourselves a little happier and move on to basketball. So
1: well, kind of.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to start sad and get happier here. So yeah. Auburn had a tough week on the road last week, essentially lost two games. One somewhat expected one. You, you It was only expected just due to the well SEC road games are hard, but it's really one that you should have come away with. I mean, yeah, Mississippi State will still very likely be a tournament team. I could see this Mississippi State team kind of being what A&M has been the last few years under buzz and just kind of like a team nobody notices, not a flashy record than just in March whether it be the NCAA tournament or SEC tournament, was like, whoa, look at them. Yeah, uh, That team had some flashes of this, and I think they got the guys, and I think they got the chemistry, and I think they got the matchups to do that to some teams. Mm-hmm. It's just It's It's got to come together at the right time. But yeah. two road games, two tough ones, and especially when it wasn't like they just beat you, just Auburn left a lot on the table, kind of made me want to go to a certain place to take out some frustration. Do you know a place like that that would have been good to go to?
1: I mean – I'd have gone to the Rage Room. That's where I'd have gone.
0: Well, if you are, Andrew was not, but if you are not, fortunate dude. enough to be in close proximity to the Auburn-Opelika area or Birmingham, there is a place. Opelika Rage Room, as well as the second location, Birmingham Rage Room sponsored for the show. If you watch a game watch two games like happened last week it's definitely kind of a it's definitely a good post game uh I'm gonna say sarcastically celebration morning coping whatever it is it was tough you can go there you get an entire spread of breakables you get bats mounts sledgehammers you could break all the stuff on the table birthdays date nights company parties team buildings whatever the reason Auburn sports. It doesn't matter. Go check them out. It is a blast. Book on their website, OpelikaRageRoom.com or if you're in the Birmingham area, BirminghamRadium.com. Check them out on those ads on social media as well. Book yourself a session. It is a blast. And most importantly, if you go, tell them you heard about it on the Auburn Daily Show. Mention it to the staff up front. They will get you some extra stuff. So, hey, give me my extra bucket of bottles. I want to break them. I heard about this on Auburn Daily. They said y'all were hooking us up. And guess what? They will hook you up. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show. And now let's smash pun intended our way and do some auburn basketball. So the question at hand here, we saw what happened last week. You could lose to Alabama, if you lose to AM, you don't excuse me, you lose to Mississippi State, you don't want to start stacking those road wins up. Yeah. Auburn is still very much in the hunt for the SEC. The advanced stats are still very much favoring Auburn. They do control their own destiny. What does Auburn basketball need to do what are we seeing when we're looking at the stats we're looking at the eye test that say and just for you what really gravitates to you of this is something that's holding this team back from their max potential and if they're going to win the sec blank has got to get fixed
1: you know i think that bad offensive days just are going to happen yeah it depends where you, where you are on, on a kin palm. Are you, do you believe in those things? Do you think they're, they're witchcraft? You know, that it's, it's all personal. Um, but the metrics love Auburn. Every metric loves Auburn defensively and offensively, not, you know, not just on one side of the ball or the other. Um, but last week, especially, you know, in the first half of the Alabama game and in all of the Mississippi state game, Auburn was offensively not good. And you know, what first frustrated me, I have a stat here. So I've got, I pulled this. I'm um, not a rocket science stat or anything. But first five games when you're 5-0, 17.2 assists per game. In the two games you lost to so last week, that dropped down to 11.5 a game. And that's a big deal. I mean, And what does that mean? That means Auburn is creating good shots. They're passing the basketball. They're moving it, whether it's Trey or Aiden take it to the cup. And kick it out to somebody to shoot a three. Whether that's um, you know, you go, you go outside to inside, inside to outside, get it to broom. However, it is moving the basketball and creating good shots is what makes this team successful. Last year, um, Auburn was not getting good shots. And and, and some might say, you know, point a finger at Wendell Green. There, there's a lot you could do, but Auburn was was jacking up shots. That's what was happening. And it is why they could be great. And they could be bad. I, you know, I, I'd argue this with you. Some might say, well, that's what the uh, final Four team did. Yeah, the final four team did jack up shots, but they still jacked up smart shots more times than not, in my opinion. There was the occasional Jared Harper, and you'd go, well, why'd we do that, Jared? Um, you know, and but the, we see that with Aiden. We saw that with Wendell. Um, but I just think moving the basketball is is everything. And to me, it is everything. That's how this team gets good shots. And also, if something's working for you, keep doing it. If Broom's playing well, don't stop feeding them. If yep. if if uh KD is, is doing KD things, but it's happens to be going in that day, let them do KD things. If Jalen is shooting and making shots, shoot the ball. You know, keep doing what's going well in, in a certain game. And I think that those are the two things I'm kind of looking at here. Because defensively, I mean I was a little frustrated with the Bama, um, with that number three dude. It's like, okay, maybe, you know, hands, maybe.
0: You talking, um, talking about uh, was that was that Griffin?
1: Yeah, or is it Rylan Griffin? Is that his name?
0: Yeah, um, and it's crazy because he just shot. Because the, the real issue with the Bama games, you had to worry about Mark Sears because he was the yeah. one who was the sniper, and then all of a sudden Griffin had not been shooting fantastic. Yeah, comparatively speaking, and then for whatever reason, he just went absolutely bananas against Auburn, which was like, of of course, that ends up yeah. that's how it's going to go. They're shooting at thirty nine percent from three, and it definitely went up against Auburn yeah. game. And he just because I think it was what three or four in a row in that first half where it was just like, this makes you want to punch yourself in the face when you see that. But his, um, his, yeah, he went four for six against Auburn. Or sorry, sorry, he went five for 10 against Auburn, which is just insane. Yeah. 50% from three. He shot better from three than he did from down low, which is just like, that's always, that's always a pain point stat. So, yeah, between Auburn and LSU, I don't know what his three point percentage was before those two games. But between those two games, he's got a season over forty percent, and I would guess beforehand just by glancing at these stats, he was probably somewhere in like the mid to high thirties, and yeah. then he bumped it up a whole bunch because he drilled nine in two games, a high percentage nine at that. Oh uh, yeah, uh,
1: you know what? I, I, let me let me throw something at you. I I want to throw a, a thought to you, and mm-hmm. it's one of those you know in sports journalism, in, in sports fandom, in 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 ball knowing, um, that. There is fact and there is opinion. And, and I have an opinion here. And it's, it's it's a college basketball thing as a whole, but it applies to this Alabama game. I have an opinion that every college basketball season, every team has one game where their fans, the team, they decide, we're going to win this game. But you know what I mean? Like it's based off hype, based off excitement. And I'll tell you this right now Auburn will beat Kentucky on February 17th. It, it's All not. Right. And I, I may mean, ask you. And I, and I cover, I live in like Kentucky. I cover Kentucky as well. Like I, I know this team like the back of my hand. Like I know, you know, Auburn basketball, I like back of my hand. And I tell you this right now, Auburn will beat Kentucky on February seventeenth because it's going to be that game. And I'm not saying it's because it's Kentucky because that it's not. You know what I mean? But that's going to be the big one. And the thing that hurts too is that the Alabama game is on. Um, the one in Neville is a midweek game, so. And you don't got Tennessee coming to town. So that's going to be the game, in my opinion.
0: Um, Yeah, I would say Kentucky on the Saturday over the Alabama game. They're still going to get people there for that Alabama game. But I think the crowd disruption is going to be more. And I think Kentucky is going to be more. It's all about steps Auburn needs to take to win the SEC. Part of that is just cheering for the downfall of your rivals. And it's it's a lot easier to win the SEC when other teams that are right up there with you neck and neck start losing and yeah. not only do you need Kentucky to lose other games but you need that head to head win. Exactly. And I think Alabama's going to have a few more that they're going to that they're going to have to deal with just because of the nature of the basketball they play. They live and die by the three point shot so look at the statistics of that when they got an off night they're going to lose and chances are that since their basketball is not yeah. fundamental it is streaky they don't play good defense and they just rely heavily on that well when that well dries up you're going to lose a game and you're probably going to lose a few exactly. games and And if you don't believe me, just look at how Alabama's done in every March Madness tournament when they rolled in there hyped as could be. They played against good teams, they played away from home, and they shot like garbage, and they just got bulldozed.
1: Yeah, Brandon Miller had the worst performance in the NCAA tournament history almost last year. So,
0: yeah, if anybody's like, oh, y'all just saying that because you hate Alabama. No, it is just fact. It is what it is. Like, when they shoot like that, they can beat anybody because guess what? When you make points, you beat anybody. Yes. But when you don't, you can also lose to anybody. So that is the difference between them and, let's say, a Kentucky or teams that are actually like fundamentally good is you play it, you have a very high consistent floor where Alabama has a very high ceiling, but they can also have a very low floor. So anyway, enough talking about them. Oh, go ahead. Yeah,
1: well, I, I was going to make my, my point that I was kind of making about every team has the one game one year that they're just going to win. But that mm-hmm. I think that was that game for Alabama. I'm going to be honest with yeah. you, like – I told my dad, I said, Auburn's going to lose tonight. I knew they were going to lose. I just had this feeling. And I did think they'd beat Mississippi State. I thought they were going to go one and one last week with that loss to Bama. Because I thought that'd be that game for Bama. The fans are going to show up. You know, they they need something to be excited about. There's a lot going on. The world's coming crashing down for Bama right now. A little bit. Um, But my point here is, I think that was that game for them. Uh, That's not, I'm not, I was frankly not upset about that one. And Alabama, I mean, they're, they can't string that together for six games when it's going to matter. They're, they're going, they will make the tournament. They'll lose in the second round. That's what, this what's going to happen yeah, uh, because that's... they don't play deep. They shoot the ball well, but they don't play defense. You can't so have NATO, it both ways.
0: NATO specials. And by that point too, in the year, the tape on Alabama's up and teams can game plan for them. And then yeah. just like I said, you've seen it every year. It's happened year after year after year. It's, it's the the jury's out on that. Now, one thing I do want to mention, you did kind of bring that up. That is a good point of, Going with the theme here, how can Auburn take the next steps? Or how can Auburn take the next step to win? One of that here is Auburn is the target on the back. They are the hunted now. Because of what they have done this year and what they've done in years past, Auburn is a premier SEC basketball program. Thanks, Bruce Pearl. Because of that, this is a humble, arrogant brag, whatever you want to call it, but it is just fact. Auburn basketball sells out crowds. Not only do they sell out home crowds, they're selling out away crowds. Look at the Twitter posts from these other teams. Look at what Nate Oates and the players even said. Wow, wish all our home games could be like this. Yeah, Yeah. you're welcome. Same deal with Mississippi State. You're welcome. Same deal with Ole Miss. You're welcome, and so on. Auburn brings the crowds to to the games. With that, hostile environments dialed up to 11. This team has got to be ready to play in those because guess what? Every road game is going to be more hostile for you than it is going to be for most every other team in the SEC that's not Kentucky or Tennessee currently. Auburn is right up there with the top three or four for bringing the crowds to the games. It is what it is that comes with the territory. But because of that, it's a lot harder to play in these games. It is a lot louder. Fans are heckling more. The other teams are getting more hyped. In Tuscaloosa, I've been to Tuscaloosa, I've been a few games in Tuscaloosa to their credit. And, you know, I never want to give them any credit. That was this was the loudest game I've ever heard them have other 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 games. I could have read a book with how quiet it was. This one, they actually did show up and they were getting after it and it definitely affected Auburn. Yeah. So that's just one thing that they've got to learn. I mean, they play great at home, but they've got to they've got to shake that monkey off their back and they've got to just show out in these hostile environments. Yeah. And, you know, there are some younger guys on this team and they just got to learn how to handle that. There are guys who aren't necessarily younger, but Chad Baker, Mazzara, uh, I'd even say, you know, Denver and Cheney, like those are not environments. I would be no. guessing at the level that they came from no. that they're used to playing in. So on top of that, you got younger guys like Aiden who hadn't dealt with that. And that's kind of, I think you saw Bruce have Trey close some of these games out. If you say a lot for Trey dude, has ice water through his veins. So one thing I, I, you kind of mentioned, but one thing I did want to add to this how can Auburn basketball take the next step? And a key stat that I've just been pulling my hair out about lately has been assists. And I think you kind of tease this as well. I'm looking here at the numbers for the season, and the assist numbers are way too low for how mm. balanced the team is. With how they got good guard play, they've got strength at the wing, they got it down low, especially with how Dylan's been playing and with how Broom has just always played. Why are the assists so low? That's starting to get bad. And even when you see them have and then on you know, the flip side of that, I think some of those would-be assists have been turning to turnovers. So turnovers too high, assists are too low. You go back and look at years past, recent years past for Auburn, they need to have those assists averaging above a four. Because yeah. the thing about that, <clears throat> one more assist a game out of each guard, that could be four more points. Okay. Yeah. How how close has Auburn been losing some of these games? They've been losing single digits. Yeah. So I'm just saying even two more assists a game in a key game could be the difference between a win and a loss, or in Alabama's case, it could have taken it overtime, whatever, whatever. And that's something I think we need to see out of these guards. Trey and Aiden. I'm citing this from ESPN, have been three point three for Trey, three point two for Aiden. I think they need to get those numbers up. If you want to compete for the SEC. They've got to be better facilitators of helping other guys get more points. That's going to keep teams more honest. It's going to completely change how teams defend against Auburn. And that's something Wendell did year to year. Two years ago, Wendell, I'm sorry. Wendell had did it better his first year. He slacked it in the second year, beginning of the season, especially into the year, he did get it above four. But the beginning of last year, last season, that was something Wendell was struggling with immensely. And yeah. You saw Auburn as a whole suffer for that. So I'm a big assist guy. Let's rewind to the assist GOAT for Auburn. Do you know what Sharif averaged in assists?
1: Um how many game? How many games did he play again? 20? He
0: put, he 15? played unfortunately, he only played in 12. Twelve. Hashtag um, all my homies hate the NCAA. <laughs> but
1: yes, I, I don't believe, I'm gonna say seven. nine. I don't believe he had he had double uh, he had 10. I'm gonna
0: say nine. point Eight,
1: one. Okay, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, Sharif was an assist machine. And yeah, right at
1: it. the vision that was, was beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was part of the reason why they were so good. And that is so key for ball movement and shot selection. How the flex offense that Bruce Pearl runs works at its best is getting the ball around, keeping the defense yeah. honest and doing that. And that's something I think they do have to work on. So let's uh, grab a few more deals. we got about just a few more minutes left in this episode here. The next steps that this team needs to take if they want to compete in the SEC. I want. I'm going to ask you a real specific question here. Give me one player, just off the top of your head. You say this player needs to take the next step for Auburn to have the hunt in the SEC.
1: Okay. Um. i and I want to fight you on something. I want to fight okay. on something real quick. But I, I'll give you. I'll give. Well, let's do. Let's do that first. I'll give you my player in a minute. But okay. so I. I would push back a little bit. Uh, on the assists, I agree with you the numbers go up, but one thing I like about this team is everybody assists. You know what I mean? Like every everybody is passing the ball. 1.7 from Broom, 2 from Jalen, uh, 2 from CBM, 1.4 from KD, 1.6 from uh, Jones. Heck, 1.1 from Cardwell. Um, and, and the assist to turnover ratio is number 11 in college hoops.
0: I, I, I will give you that. There are the team totals of assists are up there for sure. I'm yeah. just being nitpicking. You want to see it more from the guards, but yes, I, know, I, will, I, guards,
1: give you guards, I agree with you. No question. I'd love to see them both add an assist onto those stats. Yeah. I agree with you, but I do. I think assist turnover ratio wise, I really, I'm happy there. Um, but guards, I'd love to see them both add one more. I'm with you on that. Um, but I'm going to back to the conversation, the question you asked, I, and it's going to be cliche and it's going to be boring, but I, Aiden Holloway's going to play better basketball.
0: Okay.
1: I, I I just think um I watched that kid play a lot. I was all in on the Aiden Holloway hype train. I was selling t-shirts, um, you know, um they got me. They they ended up getting me, you know, I, I almost got arrested for uh, some copyright issues. Just kidding. I didn't actually sell t-shirts, but um Aiden Holloway, I watched play 15 20 high school basketball games. Because I was bought, sold in on this kid. He had that dog mentality. I watched him make buzzer beater after buzzer beater after clutch shot after clutch shot. And he's gotten to Auburn, and it hasn't looked like what I saw in high school. Now, we're talking high school, and we're talking the SEC. You know what I mean? I understand that. But this dude can shoot. He can shoot better than he's shooting. What's he shooting from three? 33%. He's he's not a 33% three-point shooter. He is not, he is not playing his best basketball right now. I don't think anyone says he is. Um, but I just think if this dude can get hot, he can be a dominant guard in the SEC. And listen, he's not going Aiden Holloway's not going to the NBA after this year. You're gonna have, um, you're gonna have Aiden Holloway. Now I would Different conversations could come up about Holloway at the end of the year that aren't evolved around the NBA that I would be a little concerning for me. But I, um, I, I think he's got to shoot the ball better. He's got to play better. He's a better basketball player than he has been. And he still has a true freshman, averaging 9.5 points and 3.2 assists. I thought he would average closer to 12 and shoot about 39% from three. So I, I think Auburn needs to get more out of him. I think Auburn's gotten more out of every single player on this roster than I anticipated this season. Seriously, every player is given more than I thought, except for Aiden Holloway. It's the one player that I think hasn't given what I expected this season.
0: So I want to answer that question here with a a difference, a different, different player here. And, and uh, I'm going to kind of put a little asterisk on this. I'm going to say Denver Jones.
1: Okay, that's fair. Actually, I agree with you on that. That's fair. I agree. So
0: Denver Jones was supposed to be that, that sniper, the point guy. And I think he's been better on defense than people thought, yes. but for where he's at on the two, I think we got to see more out of Denver. He's played very, very well in the sense of he's gotten key points when he, he's gotten key points when he's been asked to his shooting percentage has been fine. So it's not like he's had bad numbers. Statistically, he's not hawking up a lot of shots. He's not turning the ball over. But offensively, and this could go to him with the coaches, I think you've got to find a way to get Denver Jones in this game playing a little bit more. They've been running the offense a lot through Broom. I think if there's a game where he can just go off and get it and become that true threat from scoring, it also, I'm say this phrasing again, it changes completely how Auburn has to defend. Uh, KD is just KD. His, his points per season have gone down compared to other seasons, but his minutes have dropped well. So if you look at the – points per minute he's played he's kind of averaging right around what he's always done about half a point a minute just under that yeah so katie's kind of doing what katie's always done it just doesn't look as big on the stat sheet just because the minutes have gone down and obviously a lot of those minutes have gone to denver but i think what this team needs for this i think what the team needs to solidly compete and have a chance to win the secs i think denver i'll even give it to katie if katie wants to do it but one of the two and i'm really looking at denver here Needs to get his point average per game, double digits are really close to it. Right now he's sitting at 7.1. I think you need to get that to nine and a half. 10 plus would be ideal. You do that once again, these single-digit losses you're having. You get those, that's that's three extra points there, plus what's over the assist. You kind of got things going there. So my three things that I've got so far, and I'll let you kind of conclude it with yours, is get ready for the road environments, the hostile road environments, the even more hostile than everybody else has. Denver Jones find a way to get something going on offense, step it up a little bit more because defensively, he's actually been better than I would have even thought, but uh, they got, I think they just got to find a way to get it. And he's been shy with shots. Like I said, it's not that he's taking bad shots. I just think he needs to be more ready to take them and they need to get him more involved in the offense. And they might have a completely different game plan. This is just his couch coach talking here, but I would love to see it. And he has the ability to do it. I mean, you see him shoot. Denver's a really good player. And then, uh, what I said too. I'm getting some of the assists up, and obviously there's more things we can nitpick through there. We could talk probably two hours about breaking all this down, but those are yeah. my top three that I've got. Uh, do you have one more thing that you want to see out of this team and/or a player that you think would be? Hey, this is this is what they need to do to get right to really be in that hunt for the SEC.
1: You know, I'd love to see Jalen show up better than he did in these two games. Just a- ten and seven. Um,
0: that was one of my things, Andrew, and I had to cap it off. I'm glad you said it because I agree.
1: I wish I'm going to be honest with you. I just wish he would shoot the ball a
0: a, a ton.
1: I want to at some point have to say, Jalen, stop shooting the damn ball.
0: Well, look because at his percentages when he shoots. I mean, look well, at. Yeah. I mean, he's he's putting it. I mean, his percentage is is great. Like he's got. I mean, he's shooting sixty percent from. From the field. He's shooting almost 82% from free throw, and he's shooting almost 39% from deep. Like, yeah. keep doing You know what that. I'm saying? Yeah, and he's staying out of foul trouble, unlike last year.
1: Yeah. He's averaging 12.
0: Sure. 12.1 a game, but he could easily be averaging over 15 a game. What
1: I'm saying is, I, I think that right now, I would rather have Jalen Williams shoot the basketball than Aiden Holloway. I'd yep. rather have Jalen Williams shoot the basketball than uh Denver Jones, even though those two guys are supposed to we're supposed to be, hey, the knockdown shooters, I would rather um Jalen Williams shoot the basketball or get it down low to broom um than I would
0: than I would um hot get a hot, t- hot take for the last four seasons take away jabari I'd rather have I'd rather have him shoot almost over everybody. Yeah. Like And we've been saying that for a while, and he's getting a little bit better. But here's the thing about Jalen that I want to say, and it kind of of dips into what I've said about hostile environments. Mm -hmm. Jalen has played at Auburn and played in the SEC for a long time. He's played in all of these arenas multiple times. Yeah. He knows the fans. He knows where the student sections are. He knows the shot like he knows these away environments. That has got to be a place. And last year against Mississippi State, he went freaking bananas. Go watch that game he's he shot like a ton of threes he's got to be the guy that on on the road is like i got this i've been here i'm a veteran and i I hate to kind of make the comparison because it does give alabama some credit but like herb jones herb jones had played in the sec forever incredibly veteran guy he didn't it didn't matter where it was he wasn't phased he had that super super high floor and i think jalen has got to have some of that in those moments say hey guys Everybody's kind of got the jitters. Things are off. I've been here. We know what we're doing. We're going to keep it consistent, keep it going straight, and roll there, and, and I agree. I think that – Now, I'll add one other one other caveat here, and I'll give one compliment. They've been shooting the free throw a lot better than they had in years past, which mm-hmm. has definitely helped keep them in games, keep that up. But in certain key moments, especially away games, I'm adding a little bonus here. they got to be better at drawing some fouls. Yeah. Someone's got to go in there who's not KD, and yeah. uh, C- CBM's been doing pretty good at it too, but I really think Aiden – and even Trey have got to go in there and just do what Wendell did. And the props to Wendell, he would go put his body on the line. He'd run in there and just take the heat and yeah, win it on the free throw line. So and that's something that I think they can do and get a little bit more of that. That'll be a huge – because it gives you gives some extra points and it puts the other team in foul trouble. Yeah. Gets them out of their rhythm. And then maybe yeah. Bruce could call some timeouts more, but that's always been his thing. But
1: Yeah, he, he does not love to not take the
0: timeout. Uh, Well, do you have anything else you want to add to that, Andrew? Any other last little tidbit? Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, Moments for this basketball team.
1: The um, uh, I would just say I would say relax to to fans that are quick to that are are quick to worry. Listen, And, and this is this is the whole I'm not going to give you the whole. There's, you're you're not playing on the road in, in NCAA tournament, which is true. You are not playing on the road in the NCAA tournament. Well, you know what I mean. You're not playing a true road environment. But if you can win in hostile environments, you can win in more calm environments in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not going to be that guy. Well, if I keep losing the road, well, it's not. You know, it's not on the road in, in the tournament. You got to be able to win these basketball games. But I will say, it's hard to win on the road in the SEC. That's a fact. There's no debate to that. This team's gonna be okay. They're gonna bounce back. They're going. To, Auburn will be a top five, te- um, a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. I'd love to see that be closer to three. And Kentucky will beat. I mean, I. I. I Auburn. I, I said Kentucky because I'm getting ready to make fun of Kentucky. Auburn will beat Kentucky on February 17th in Neville Arena. Write it down. Book it. Thank me later. Bet slips. Text them to me when you won money off of my genie prediction I made today. Auburn will beat Kentucky. Write it down. Boom.
0: Well, make sure you do that and uh, make sure to buy Andrew something nice, all that money that you win when you make those wagers in. If you have the pleasure of listening in a state with legal bet, uh, legal sports books, but that is oh, going to yeah. wrap us up for today's <laughs> Auburn. Daily show. Uh, went, uh, got real deep into some basketball stuff. Obviously had to talk about the Durkin news, so uh, that's why we were a little bit longer today, but that was just too breaking not to mention it. I want to thank Andrew, as always, for jumping on. It had been a little bit. We kind of gotten through the holidays and the new year, but we'll be getting back at it regularly with some weekly basketball content out of him. This is an exciting team. Buy it now. They still, uh, even after a rough week, that's part of basketball and that's part of Bruce Pearl's bouncing back. Uh, check everything out, especially with Andrew on uh, auburndaily.com. And Andrew, where there anything find you on Twitter?
1: Yeah, you can uh, find me at Andrew Stefaniak on Twitter, just my name
0: over there. Yep, uh, that's ticking right here at the bottom. Been going there all episode, so check out him. Check out his writing, all the other stuff that he has going on there. Check out Auburn Daily on all the social medias, Twitters, and their website, of course, auburndaily.com. Find all the stuff. If you like the show, like. Like it, literally. Like, press the like button. Uh, subscribe, follow, whatever it says on whatever platform that you're listening to. It'll be Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever. It means it's on to us. It helps us out. Uh, give the show sponsors a shout out to. Uh, they help us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, check me out on uh, the socials, uh, doing all sorts of crazy nonsense. At our memes, of course, you can drop a comment down here. Uh, love seeing the discussion for you guys in the video that's the wrap us all for this episode we will be back at you later make sure to check out the dj jerkin episode of charlie five that he did yesterday and then uh thursday will be the next top button podcast of charlie five he'll be dropping some good stuff to you then i'll be back friday with another episode of the auburn daily show and we'll have it we'll recap with andrew next week after all the fun exciting auburn basketball news so i well, thank everybody for tuning in we'll be at you soon